Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me this evening to break down a Hounds victory on match 34 of 34 of the regular season, and to look forward to the beloved traveling down to Alabama for the first round of the USL, USL playoffs. Got some cool dudes with me, but I also have a yak. How are you doing, yak? Wow. Like I'm separate from the cool dudes. That was the that's what I, that was the uh, that was the assumption or the presumption. A little uncalled for. It was a little uncalled for. I apologize. How you been, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm too. I'm not too bad. Spooky season's upon us, Yosti. You know what you're wearing for Halloween yet? Uh, I've been going back and forth on a couple ideas. Uh, part of me wants to do uh, Lieutenant Dangle from Reno 911, especially if I can get some some white ostrich <laughs> oh, boots. Oh, please, please Beautiful. do that. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, if not that, um, good old uh, from the first Turtles movie, Casey Jones, because I just want to walk around with a cricket bat. So those are the two running running thoughts. Uh, Yak, you want to share with the with the people what you have in store? The two I got for sure. I'm going to be uh, Helsinki from the Spanish TV show Money Heist. And it'll be uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. I feel like you could I, do the Walter White thing every year, and it's still it's still played for you. I it was it last year, and as long as I'm willing to commit to shaving to a goatee, I might just do it for the rest of my life. It's it's so easy. Yeah, I think you should do that. You should just commit to that as a as a lifestyle change. It'd be good for you. You should also make drugs. I'll I'll hit up my old chemistry teacher or something. All right, cool. Also got Seth here. What's good, man? Not much. Just uh, sitting outside enjoying this balmy. Uh, what do we got? Forty degrees. Forty degrees right now. Having a stove on the front porch. Had snow this morning. Yeah, I, I was, was driving places where there was snow, and I was not pleased about that. It was it was so uh, it was so heavy that it took down a power line behind our house on like the road that runs behind it. So. Woke up oh. with a fire. Woke up with a fire truck outside the house, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And I was happy to find out it wasn't my house on fire. So that was cool. Positive development. Yeah, interesting. Um, as far as the Halloween costume thing goes, you know, like I'm full dad mode at this point, so I'll just be probably in a pair of jeans and uh, holding the candy bag while Izzy, who's going as Elsa, hopefully gets a. Uh, Fair share of good candy I can steal. Nice. I was going to ask what she was going to be, and you you provide that information straight away, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like she's sold out. Um, She was, like, talking, like, going as an elephant and some other cool stuff, and then she, her and LaShondra went to Walmart a couple weeks ago, and they came home with an Elsa costume. So I was like, oh, okay, we're just going to. We're just jumping on the bandwagon like three year, three four years late. So, <laughs> damn it, kid! If you're gonna jump on the bandwagon, get on there early. Don't uh, don't be on the caboose. Least uh, last, but certainly not least, uh, he says it's been a while since he's been on the podcast, and I'll take his word for it. He's been busy with like grad school and and not drinking during the week. Logan, how you been, man? Good, good. Grad school and not drinking during the week. 
Um, I'm actually, as we, as you said that, I was taking a sip of Heineken 0.0. So that's funny because I'm uh, drinking a Heineken that actually has alcohol in it. I'm drinking. Nice. I'm drinking a Heineken 5.0. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's been good. Been good, man. Um, I loved your your Reno 911. My, my new, what's it? New, new boot goofing. New boot goofing. New boot goofing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, been good. Um, didn't get to, to to the game on Saturday, unfortunately. It's, it's we're in the the big swing of wedding season right now. So, uh, got one last Saturday. Have thankfully with the game being on Sunday, we have a wedding on this Saturday. So I'll be able to uh, to hit the watch party, but not to spoil anything. We'll we'll come back to that in a little bit. How was the How was the wedding? You missed a. It was good. A come from behind hounds win. So hopefully <sighs> the open bar Maybe was it, open enough for you. Yeah, maybe maybe it was because I wasn't there. Um, it was good. It was in Columbus, and the only other time I've ever been to Columbus was uh, for the 2019 Hounds match. And all I saw of Columbus that day was that brewery we hit up, and then we went right to the stadium, and then we went right home. Uh, so I didn't see uh, much of of Columbus that day. Um, so it was nice to explore the city a little bit. Um, I was at a super nice hotel in downtown Columbus, so left with a very very good impression of the city. Nice. That's awesome. And then the uh, the way in this area, local, or you have to get back we're, in we're time for good, watch quality? Nah, or? or going to good old Latro, Pennsylvania. Oh. Almost heaven. That's basically your backyard. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, guys, it's it, it's been a hot minute, but the, uh, the Hounds won a game of professional football. So that was kind of cool. Almost forgot how it feels. It. I felt when we scored, I almost, it felt like it's been so long that I've felt such genuine joy at Highmark because the last couple of times I've been been a bit been sad, suffering. been a bit angry. So uh, it was nice to see the Hounds score not one, not two, but three, three goals in a 3-1 come-from-behind victory over Oakland Roots uh, SC. Guys, lead off here... Uh, Ordonez was out with with the red card, and so your lineup looks something like this: Jamali Waite in that, uh, kind of a convoluted. Was it three or five in the back? You go Sims Wait or Sims Wheat, Griffin, Peters, Rivera, and then Mertz, Kelly, Rosales, Forbes, Cicerone, and Dequa up top. I'll start with you, Yak. Uh, at least one change necessitated because of the red card, but then a couple other kind of surprises, especially uh, Rivera finally getting a start, and then Kelly Rosales uh, also making the 11. What did you make of uh, Bob's lineup for match 34 of 34? I was wondering how they were going to set this up because the last couple games they've been going with four defense in the back. Um which is basically all of our defenders, but they couldn't do that because Ordonez had got the red card at the end of the last game. Um, I kind of like it a little heavy on the passing, um, sticking Griffin in the back and hoping that he could hold down the fort. I like, I really like Sims on the outside. I had been begging that Rovira would be back on the left back at some point. He got a good start there. I thought he played well. I liked the lineup. I, I think the adjustments that were necessary because of Ordonez's absence, I think the lineup came out and made a lot of sense to me. Seth, uh, you were there. You got to experience it. How did that 11 look for you? It was fine to me. Uh, it, the whole Danny Griffin out of the back thing, it, it makes me wonder, is this like the – are we trying to go back to the Tommy Vanquia zeal magic? 
uh, to try to take somebody that's predominantly a more central midfielder and have them be your quote unquote center center back and have them kind of push up as needed and play more of like a little roving sweeper kind of role. Uh, I think it's interesting to see. Um, I, I think, you know, like Yak said, with uh, Ordonia sitting the red, you, you really couldn't do much more on a back line. So uh, I, I, I think it was pretty expected. You're not the first person to ramp the, the Danny Griffin as the new Tommy Van Kaisel. And the first time I heard it, which was, I want to say when it's Sunday morning I heard someone first discuss it, I dismissed it pretty quickly. And then I watched a bit of the game again, and it's actually not a terrible shout as in terms of, of how he played this past Saturday. And, I mean, if this is like the fun wrinkle Bob throws in there with the playoffs just starting... I don't think I'd be totally against it. Yeah, it's definitely, and you know, maybe it was just a, it's match day 34, go into the playoff, shake things up a bit, give Birmingham something else to think about this week as they're preparing for us. Um, you know, everything that's old is new again. So hopefully, you know, maybe we see it again this week. Who knows? Who knows what Bob has up his sleeve this time of year? Hopefully, hopefully Bob does, but no, you never know. Logan, do you think there was any chance that this was um, Bob tinkering and experimenting a little bit uh, with Birmingham on the horizon? Or that? Well, no, at that point it was pretty sure it was going to be Birmingham. Um, but yeah, anyways, do you think this was done with the playoffs on the horizon? Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I didn't watch the game and and haven't got a chance to watch a replay, but. Going back through some of the notes and, and looking on, on FootMob, I saw, as you said, Angelo Rosales, um, which maybe is third third start somewhere in that that range. Um, so you know, obviously doesn't play a lot. So I was was uh, intri- you know intrigued to see him in there. So yeah, I think it was a little bit of of maybe rest, um, maybe play guys out of position. Um, I don't think there was anything of let's try some crazy tactic um, and see see what sticks, but. Um, I think it was maybe uh, let's let's get to the playoffs with a with a healthy squad of guys. So the the game uh, starts off evenly enough, um, but that doesn't last for long. Oakland scores off of a corner kick that is just uh, fizzed to the top of the box, and then absolutely uh, blistered in. Uh, by Juan Akazar. Um really impressive goal. Uh, I must just have to tip your cap and 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 just appreciate what a what a sweet hit he had on the ball. But Ray Mitz in the Hounds are are behind and uh, Seth. I don't know about you, but uh, my heart sank a, a decent amount just because I've I've had no real confidence in this team to to come back from a deficit. Um, so I, the, the hope I had was, I mean, obviously you sold 82 minutes left. Um, but, uh, I was very pessimistic, pessimistic at that moment. Uh, how about you? Yeah, that was definitely felt like it took the wind out of the sails a little bit. 
crowd was kind of rocking to start. We were having a lot of fun in the stands. And then for that to happen that early in the match, it kind of felt like it was a little bit of a, oh boy, are we going to stand here for 90 minutes and watch this team just kind of fall on their face again. But luckily they, you know, they stayed persistent and the, the Sims goal, you know, rewatching the highlights, the Sims goal was pretty nice for a guy that is a, a defenseman by trade. So uh, in I, I was super impressed by the fact of how quick he got out of the goal right to the, the gritty. He pulled the gritty out on it on the celebration. So uh, it's made its way from the NFL right to the USL. So we're here for it. Okay, I'm on, I need this because this was going to be one, one of my future questions where you've already went into it. I did not realize that that celebration was already a thing that had a name. I just thought it was improvisational and beautiful. And then I found out that that's, that's a thing. Uh, so where exactly did this come from? Please educate the, um, okay. I'm not, I'm not hip with the kids anymore. I'm 37. They, please, they did, please educate a, me. Uh, they did a, a thing on it on, I think it was the dolphins and the Bengals and they did Thursday night, like the pregame show did a thing on it. I think Justin Jefferson like invented it. So Justin Jefferson, the receiver for the Vikings went to LSU and they interviewed him. And he said that he just like did it in the weight room one day. And like, they took a Snapchat of it and it got posted. And then he said, he like woke up and everybody was like, Oh, that's like the new hot dance move. And that's like his signature touchdown dance that I think now is like, like Jamar chase does it too. They were teammates at LSU. So it was like Seth said an NFL I think it, he was the one I think that started it, branched off into some of the NFL. I don't know if you've seen Mike Gasicki, the tight end for the the Dolphins, is like purposely doing it as bad as he can as like his celebration. Um, that's like a another storyline, but that's that's my all I know about the gritty. I mean, th- this looked like it was from my untrained gritty uh, observational eye, seemed to be uh, pretty well done. Um, Am I mistaken? It was, or? Like, it was a whole performance. He, he had, it was like a ninety-second routine because he hit the gritty immediately. The fist and then he is, like, the, is, the, is the upper hand like uppercut fist pump. Is that part of it, or is that his no, own little that twist was, on it? That was that was another another eight count, and then kissed Russell on the forehead, and then the drop to the knees and the prey. Like it was it was best celebration of the year, hands down. I would also make it. I would make a claim that it's also possibly in the running for goal of the year too. That was a really nice touch he had. Oh, it was pure class. Um, you know, the only other like Selly of the year I can think of was uh, Wheat when he put one away at the opposite end, and then he hit he hit the shovel real hard, and the Hounds <laughs> social media got the video of him and just like a a big woo like Ric Flair style out of it. Like that's those are really the only two like. Well, there was a woo, and then there was a fuck, there was a fuck yeah in there too, wasn't it? It was definitely a fuck yeah. Yeah. That's or let's true. fucking go. Yeah. It, it made it onto yeah. the Instagram. It was funny as <laughs> hell. So, yeah, the, uh, the the Toby Sims goal. Uh, he's now on three for the year. No one saw that guy having three goals. Two against the Maryland Bobcats and then one against the Oakland Roots. I think they've all been very pretty, too. He's got a, he's got a pretty good touch to him in the box. <laughs> I mean... If you go back and watch the replay, the the confidence that he called for that ball from outside the box and then made that run, uh, <sighs> that does not scream a, a guy who's, you know, at worst a defender, at best a, a defensive midfielder. 
Uh, I mean, that was just the man was feeling it, and then and then delivered without without uh, hesitation. And only comes on like once every three games too. He hit it from kind of a weird angle too. No, it was like the outside of the boot. And so, I, I still don't know how it had the the angle to yeah to get into the net because I feel like it, it should have either uh, been outside the near post or not had the angle and just gone across the goal mouth. But uh, sweetly somehow found the back of the net. I think a keeper just kind of missed his angle or something, and Sims saw him uh, over committing to what I assume, what I think everyone on the planet assumed would be a near post shot. This is really going to have ourselves, but we're so far off the train at this point, who cares? If there was a question of picking up Sims' Sims's option for next year, does that settle that debate? I would like to see him back, yeah. Yeah, I would like to see him back 100%. Because for a while, I, he was in my class of, like, every year Bob has that one guy that doesn't see a ton of minutes, and you, you're you're somewhat shocked that he gets retained, and then the guy gets utilized in a much more advanced position than the following year. He was kind of yeah, falling like a Danny into Rivera. Like Rivera. Uh, like a... Well, he did hold on the Mark Forrest. Uh, he, he didn't get a ton of minutes next year, but still... There's always that one guy you're shocked is retained, and I thought Sims might have fallen into that category. But I mean, the Mark he Morris, does a lot tomorrow, with the minutes he's on the field. Tomorrow is the uh, three-year anniversary of the Mark Forrest goal heard around the world when a, a legend was born. And the day after that is Izzy's birthday. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> remember family, it damn. that way. Yeah, that's mean- exact. That's exactly why I remember it. Don't give up my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's beautiful. I love it. So yeah, uh, 20, Toby Sims makes it one-one. Twenty-two years from now, I'm gonna be pulling like Bill stuff on Discord. Some might remember. Some might remember. <laughs> and the last part of that, it was. I mean, it was damn near the last touch before for the halftime whistle. So now, instead of going to the locker room down one nil and having some questions, uh, Hound's probably walking in there feeling good about themselves and and giving Oakland a little too much to think about. Um, just just beautiful stuff. So we come out to the I think second. They're a different team whenever somebody that's not ten, uh, nine, ten, or eleven scores. I think when they get the death goals. When they get, because I think it fires everybody up. Because I think, like, look at like when Jelani Peters scored the brace. Like everybody was, like, you know, it's like everybody's like, it's like a lap. You know, it's like, oh my god, the guy that's not supposed to score scored. So I think the fact that Toby scored of all people was the extra, like, you know, oh let's let's go, you know. Oomph. Well, on the piggyback on that, <clears throat> excuse me, piggyback on that, there was one or two good looks that your main scoring threats had the first half, and they failed to convert. And then you get that goal off of someone you're not expecting to. To have that in his back pocket. But, uh, as it is, the Hounds go uh, into the locker room tied at one. Come out, in my opinion, really getting ready to start what turns out to be one of the strongest 45 minutes of the season. At least that's how I interpret it. I'll, I'll get your everyone else's opinion on that in a moment. Uh, 
Cicerone, goal, nine minutes into the second half, and it's 2-1 two, one, uh, two, one good guys. Yeah, do you, what are your thoughts, generally, on that on the second half of this, of this match? I thought it was exceptionally strong, um, given the, good, you know, the circumstance and, and everything that was kind of dangling uh, in the balance. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? We looked good. Um, I noticed Oakland, like, there were a lot of times where we would have these, these really long counterattacks. Like, it, absolutely every horse was out of the barn. It's like a four-on-three for, like, 70 yards. I don't think any of those actually ended up in goals. But it seemed like every couple minutes, like, Oakland just overcommitted all, to all manner of too many people in the box. And suddenly, like, Dequa and, and Cicerone and I think Forbes or somebody, like, got completely loose on the counter and just kept kept the pressure on the entire time, even when Oakland was trying to get something started. Um, I think Deke was, was right before Cicerone's goal, like the possession right before. Um, it's good to see Mertz have a nice cross and get back on the score sheet again. He was the guy who got the assist on Cicerone's goal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was uh, finally seen, uh, as much as I, I rallied against excessive use of crosses, uh, Mertz Finding basically not one, but also two, because if some reason Cicero wasn't gone to it, uh, there was someone else. I want to say maybe it was Jelani Peters that was right behind him. Maybe it was Peters. I, Somebody yeah, very I'm, tall. But I mean, basically there were there was one of two people that was going to connect on that cross for for an open net goal, and Cicero was just the the closer man to it. Uh, so yeah, good on on Mertz, who's been in for a little bit of stick from people. Uh, Maybe undeservedly so, but nice assist. And uh, Cicerone, for as sweet as the Sim celebration was, Cicerone just like waving to someone in the crowd, I'm guessing. I'm like that, yeah. Seth, any insights on that? He's just such a nice guy. You know, I think <laughs> he's just humble, takes his goal with class, and then just. Uh, you know, make somebody's night in the crowd. Says hello, gets Fair. on with business. Fair his enough. family's been coming because his his girlfriend, fiance, wife, and like his dad, and then uh, the one of the team, one of the the youth teams always shows up. the The one kid is, I think, is his nephew. Um, so I don't know if they 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 have relocated to the Pittsburgh area or they just come through every once in a while. But maybe he has some some family up there. Yeah, his. his his dad's an absolute unit. Like he comes through to the tailgate. He says hi to everybody. He stands around. He talks, has some drinks. Like he's a good time. Indeed. So yeah, at that point, two, one hounds and, and they're, they're, they're rolling. They're humming. Seth, think a chance to ask you. So I'll do it now. This whole second, second half. And then especially after the hounds go two one up, Feeling confident that they can keep a solid half going, and that they're they're not going to piss away a lead at home, or where's where's your where's your heartbeat at that point? It it felt like momentum was entirely on the Hound side at that point. The stadium was just absolutely wild. Like the stands, we were having so much fun. It it uh it it felt like night. It felt like twenty nineteen. Like it it felt like the Hounds of old were back. Yeah, and. That <clears throat> I kind of alluded to it earlier for for as just absolutely distraught and, and downright angry I was after the, the San Antonio match there was just absolute joy 
uh, coursing through my body during this match. It just it felt it felt like really just the good times of the Hounds of yeah, 2019 and 2018, all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing just how a couple goals and some positive possession just you feel good. There was confidence and. Yeah, it just it, it felt so damn good. Just on one kind of at that point a little cool coolish type evening. Um it just felt damn good. But then um about about twenty minutes later I think it was, uh Forbes finds the back of the net, makes it three one and puts this game out of reach. Uh not not to take away from our own guy getting a goal, but did that just feel like a bunch of Oakland players looking at a loose ball in the box and saying, eh, fuck it? I yeah. remember I was perusing the bars of my local township after the game, and when I see the highlights for the first time, like there, this one guy, he takes a step or two, and he puts on the brakes approaching the ball like a half a second before Forbes puts his ball to the boot there's actually two defenders one from each side they i don't know if like they thought the other guy was going for it but they both just completely stopped in their tracks yeah and didn't step in front of it slide in front of it just keep running towards the ball and put pressure on forbes it's like they gave him it's like parting the red sea and let him have an open look it was the dumbest defense i think i've seen all year seth uh poor communication Terrible defense, or the fix was in. Um, I I just think it's one of those situations where like, like I think they were a little bit down, defeated at that point. Uh, it seems like they didn't really care to step up. Uh, also, like, does Kenny score anything besides like absolutely just like crafty veteran, right place, right time kind of goals anymore? Like it. It's he's scored. I think the most goals he's had, at least in a couple years, uh, for us. And uh, it's just every everyone seems like he's just he knows where to be. He knows what to do, and you know he just hits it, puts it in the back of the net, and gets on with it. So, yeah, I I think it was kind of felt like Oakland was pretty well demoralized at that point. Yeah, because they really didn't give. Uh... They didn't have a, a great showing in the last uh, 10, 15 minutes trying to claw their way back into it. it. It was kind of outside of one half chance that I remember. They just kind of went through the motions and seemed somewhat resigned that they're going to have to get help from uh, from Vegas not getting a result to to find their way into the playoffs, which they, they got. So Oakland uh, is playing this weekend as well. And... That's how it goes. Three one good guys. Uh, a damn good night. Everyone feeling good. And as it's been brought up, it was a sellout. Fifty one hundred and change. Uh, checking Ticketmaster, the map on Ticketmaster midweek last last week. It didn't look like this match was going to sell well at all. Um, I know the Hounds threw out there a bunch of promotions and discounts, all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, Seth, you kind of said before it was a it was a, a it was a good crowd. They were into it. Uh, there was energy running through the place. Um, anything you you think you can 
contribute that to or, or just just good vibes for the sake of good vibes i'm just gonna good vibes only jump on that crew uh and run with that um i i know i definitely like waited much longer at halftime for second half beverage than i feel like i have for i've only been i only made it to like four games this year but uh if that's any indication there were a lot of people enjoying their uh saturday night at highmark yeah plenty of people willing to to imbibe uh at the game and just it is a reinforcement that it's just the place is not built um concessions wise for for 5000 people and it, it it's got to change it's got to change jeff speaking of which so we used to have the secret bar in the corner and there was a there was a fucking bouncy castle there this week they tore down the secret bar and put up a bouncy castle would you rather have be Could, honest with yourself well because i don't think they're going to let me in the bouncy castle i want the bar If if they looked more welcoming towards me to the Bouncy Castle, I'd reconsider. Yak, you were there. Uh, what were your thoughts on the crowd? Um, it was probably about an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. I was walking through the parking lot to uh, to go to the other side, and there were tailgates left and right for me. Uh, so, summer nights at Highmark are are cool and all, but like when the temperature comes down, but there's still a bunch of people in the stadium. Like that's when it gets really rowdy. Like the people are there, uh, are are ready to get pretty freaking weird. They're into it. They're trying to they're trying to imbibe to keep themselves warm as the temperature dips. Like they're just ready to go hard. Um, I was really excited as I was seeing the parking lot just about full already. I knew we were gonna have a good time during the game. And good times were had indeed. Uh, Gentlemen, before we, we move on to the matter at hand this week, any final thoughts on this this pass? Well, let's uh, let's wrap up the game itself, and then we'll talk about player of the year. Uh, Logan, any final thoughts on on this past week? Nope, nope. Just excited to to move on to to Alabama with some good momentum. Seth. All right. Yak. Felt good to get a win against a good team. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> Has been a while. Uh, at the end of the match, we uh, we were able to present our 2022 Player of the Year award, uh, racking up 41% of the vote, I want to say it was, um, and far and away uh, ahead of, of second place. Danny Griffin taking home the hardware. Um yeah, who'd you vote for, and what are your thoughts on, on Danny walking away with it? I had Danny Griffin, so I obviously think it was well-deserved. Um, I had pretty well thought that Griffin was going to take my vote for a decent amount of time. Um, it was between him and um, Cicerone, and it might have just been those two by the end of the day, but I think Griffin uh, deserved it more. Logan, where'd your vote go to, go to and uh, where are your thoughts on the result? My vote went to Alex Dixon. Um, I think he's a unsung hero of the uh, of the offense. But um, good, glad to see Danny get it. I think he's uh, well deserving. 
And there's like there was like a, it was not a clear cut. Like I think like Nico Brett in 2019 uh, was like the you know like oh uh, that was the most clear cut you know it's ever going to get. Um, but I think this year we had you know really four or five guys that, that could have won it. Oh, there I think was... if you asked me at the end of July, I would have thought Alex Dix was going to run away with it, and then he just kind of disappeared for the last couple months. Why I didn't vote for him? Dixon was going to be my vote up until a, a week or two ago, and my argument for him was simply there was the biggest difference in my mind of how this team performed when he was or was not on the field. I thought he changed the dynamic of, of the squad that much by his presence on, on the field. Uh, then I started kind of doing a little look and some stats and everything like that. And part of it was just, you know, since you never see how, how the team plays with Danny Griffin not on the field because he's damn near never not on the field. Um, it was almost unfair to make that accusation, not against him, but but to use that logic for Dixon when Griffin never comes off the field to begin with. And so I probably in the week or so lean up to it. I finally decided I was going with uh, with Danny Griffin, and um, it turns out that a lot of people had the same thought. Uh, yeah. Uh, the fun part is we now have two Dannys on our list of Player of the Years, and who the hell would have thought that the first uh, the first three? Oh, no, Danny Vidal never won. No, he never won. No. Damn, goalies never won one. But yeah, two Dannys now. Um, and of all the, the silly first names that you would have two of on this list of 13, 14 people, Danny? Maybe the Hounds just attract decent Dannys. You're, you're really reaching for something about yourself here, I feel like. No, 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 no. Okay. Not that many people call me Danny. So, and I'm... I'm Definitely not going to be the Steel Army Player of the Year anytime soon. But you moving might be on. Coming in your prime. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just <laughs> the squad's really thin. Bob just starts signing guys out of the Steel Army. Somehow I get my name drawn out of the hat. Just make a fucking run for it. Uh, but it that, was a complete random choice of all of us. Uh, there is definitely an excess of of Dan's slash Danny's in the parking lot most games. There is. We are kind of Dan he- Dan heavy as a group. I never thought about that. Yeah, good shit. Guys, the Hounds made the playoffs. Um, Yay. Yeah, got that going for us, which is nice. They're traveling down to Birmingham, uh, 6 p.m. Sunday, to face the Legion. Uh, these two teams faced off twice in the regular season. They went one and one. Each team win on their home um, turf slash, well, I guess you could, I guess you could use turf for both grass and, and plastic. Uh, we were talking about this uh, before we started to record. Uh, you started l- listing off um, a laundry list of, of stats, Logan, where the Hounds and Birmingham are they're damn near the same team statistically. Uh, you have that list in front of you that you want to rattle off uh, for the boys and girls? One. Un momento. Uh, all right, here we go. 
All right. Table position, Birmingham fourth, Hounds fifth. Games one, Birmingham 17, Hounds 16. Draws seven to nine, losses 10 to nine. Goals per match, 1.65 to Birmingham, 1.47 for the Hounds. Goals conceded per match, 1.09 for Birmingham, 1.12 for the Hounds. Both teams have 11 clean sheets, and both of the team's biggest wins were shutout blowouts against Atlanta 2. Yeah, so clearly this game's going to go to kicks from the mark after two hours of, of intense action, correct? Hopefully. Jeez, you said hopefully. You want to go to, oh. <laughs> You're a psychopath. Bring on the chaos. Don't, don't do what that What is to wrong me. with you? What is wrong with you? Bring on the chaos. Yeah, he just invited no. the damn thing. <laughs> well, Logan, lead off with you. What What are your overarching thoughts about this Sunday? What What makes you feel good? What makes you feel nervous? Uh, what's going to let you sleep uh, somewhat comfortably well Saturday night? Uh, I kind of wish Birmingham geographically was closer because I feel like they have some good passionate fans that I feel like we could, you know, kind of go back and forth with and jar with a little bit, have a rivalry. Um, but I'm comfortable in the matchup. Um, obviously avoided some, you know, crazy results and having to go to Tampa or go to Memphis. So I think, you know, uh, barring some, you know, Indy beats Birmingham, we get a home playoff game. We got the best draw that we could have, um, the, the teams are dead even. So, uh, I'm not, scared at all or anything like that of, of Birmingham, but I think it's going to be a, an excellent game. We get the you know the rematch that everybody's wanted for the past year, um, and it's finally... I think that game was scheduled to be on like a Sunday afternoon as well, so it's, it is really a, a carbon copy rematch um, or, or I guess ma- match, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, for, for the cancelled match last year, so I'm excited. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, just off the top my head when we played the Birmingham here in Pittsburgh Enzo Martinez really didn't have a chance to thrive in, in the Hounslow care business um, down in Birmingham Enzo he was allowed to, to work his magic uh, popped in a goal and, and Birmingham for the most part seems to go as Enzo Martinez goes and if you if you can neutralize that threat uh it's hard not to like Pittsburgh's chances of, of doing it. Now, again, shutting him down is easier said than done. Um, but it's really, to me, kind of the linchpin of this whole thing is is don't let their 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 main scoring threat, both in goals and assists, don't let him get space with the ball to do something. And you got a chance of making this work. Seth, where's your where's your head at going into Sunday? The thing that I like the most going into Sunday is the fact that all the quote-unquote pundits of the USL show have picked against the Pittsburgh River Hounds. Uh, so I always, I always like, especially in a playoff atmosphere, uh, going on the road, kind of having that little bit of an underdog. Got to see if the Hounds have that dog in them on Sunday. Uh, you know, the stats like we've talked about are incredibly incredibly close the one thing that uh usl tactics broke down that kind of scares me a bit with the inexperience we have between the pipes is the fact that birmingham averages about 12 touches less per shot so that leads me to think that they're going to put the ball on 
the general direction of weight a little bit more, uh, which with an you know a rookie goal goalkeeper as we have, it kind of makes me nervous. But at the same time, we've seen him get incredibly hot quick by just making one save. So I you know I if we had to get into a kind of how the game plays out on Sunday. If he can get an early touch, and uh, you know, nothing too crazy, I hope, of course, but if he can get an early touch, feel the ball in his hands, and kind of get that, you know, let the game slow down around him and not hopefully overwhelm him too much, I think that could really play big for the Hounds. Key thing to remember about the USL show is that the the main the main guy on there now uh, is a Birmingham guy, so them all picking Birmingham is just just appeasing the uh, appeasing their boy. They're not actually dumb enough to think that the the Hounds can't do this, right? Oh no, they even they even have like this like tier of teams that they think like to win the USL Cup. And they have the Hounds in, like, the lowest tier of it. With, like, even, like, Detroit, a tier above us. Birmingham, two tiers above us. Like, I, I think it's just, it's, a, it's disrespect season. <laughs> have you seen our form outside of the last win that we just had? It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And I kind of like that. Why not us? So, Seth, are you, are you like... Are you sending down the bulletin board filled with material to uh, to the stadium on on Sunday for the Hounds to look at? I I will send Visser, Bob, whatever they need to. I'll I'll run to like FedEx Kinkos. I'll make photocopies, whatever they need of stuff to put up. Just wallpaper that Alabama locker room with uh, bulletin board material. Yak. Give me something to feel confident about going into Sunday. Um, so there are a lot of statistics for the teams for both Birmingham and Pittsburgh that we are pretty neck and neck on. The one where we have a decent statistical advantage is is duels, like especially in the air. Hounds are Hounds are a decent bit better in the air than Birmingham. In our in the most recent game about a month or two ago in Birmingham, um, we outdueled them in the air by a number of. Uh, 61 to 39%. In addition to that, we went heavy on the crosses, got 19 of them, and we landed a cross found ahead of a hound 42% of the time, which is a very large number. Um, I know we've bitched recently about maybe we're too cross heavy, but that might be a point of weakness that we can hopefully exploit on Birmingham. I don't know if they're just weak in the air or if they're relatively shorter than us or what, but... I'd say keep doing that. Every other stat from that game from two months ago, um, possession, passes, shots, XG, they're all pretty close. It's one of the few that are noticeably different between the two teams. So, as we've just laid out there, not a ton of differences between these two teams, uh, duels notwithstanding, which I had not picked up that before so good uh, good eyes on you yak um so yeah we're getting down to the uh to the nitty and the gritty for this sunday so gentlemen ah, I, the gritty yes hopefully, hopefully makes appearance for the good guys 
asked you guys to, to come up with this before we hit the record button, so I'll now put your feet to the fire and I'll start uh, start with you, Seth. We've seen this team for 34 league games and two cup games. We've seen a shit ton of players come in, come out, uh, end up on milk cartons. Uh, any other phrasing you can say to point out that Bob loves switching up with the lineup. With all that said, what's your starting 11 for Sunday night? To the four in the back that they ran against Sacramento, which was Wheat, Ordonez, Williams, Peters, and then a middle three of Robbie, Danny, and Kenny, and then Dixon, Dequa, Ciceroni up top. So that's that's what I'm rolling with. I think uh, you know, USL Tactics and his write-up of the game kind of said that Birmingham likes to press and they like to kind of run into a little bit of a 4-2-4. Four, uh, so I think by having a little bit of a chance to let that mid three work around with each other and let Alex and Russ kind of fly up the wings and maybe play a little direct through them. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if you're going to, if they're going to pressure us high, if we can get some balls over the top with the speed that we have to be used and then let, you know, Robbie, Danny kind of, fill in at the top of the box and of course you know kenny will be sitting there too i think that gives us a great chance to get offensive opportunities and kind of hold the ball into their third logan seth's going with a back four which is kind of the, the to me the big question of of the days how the the back line lines up are you with them do you have a back four is your your starting 11 looking anything different than what he's got no, it's the same exact. It's the eleven they went with in Sacramento. Like you said, that's exactly. But I think I think those are their best eleven players. I think that's the best formation that they have. Um, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, can you have anything different? These are two fine gentlemen. Uh, I'd put Angelo Kelly Rosales in my back four, uh, in lieu of Mikhail Williams. I'd want um, Alex Dixon back out there, probably. Tough to say if I want Rivera or Sims out on the on the opposite side of Dixon on the wing. And then after that, I think we're all in agreement up top. So my next question, and I, I, I'm, I'm going with the 11 that Seth and Logan have out there. I, I like Keller Rosales. I like him a little bit more coming off the bench. Um, my question to you, and I think I know what everyone's, everyone's answer is going to be here. This puts either uh, Kizza or Dane Kelly as your scoring threat off the bench. If you had to pick between those two, which way are you going? And it's crazy to me that this is a question we're even asking. Uh, if you have even imagined this five months ago, we'd all be laughing. But here we are. Um, Seth, between those two guys, who's your threat coming off the bench? Going with the only guy that's dressed in seemingly the last two months, and that's Kizza. I, I think Dane Kelly is just kind of a practice squad guy at this point. Yak, I'm also going to go with Kizza. I can't imagine the relationship between Bob and Dane Kelly is going to put him in a, uh, a good mental state if he were to be the the super sub with like 20 minutes left. I got to go with Kizza here. 
Logan, any any hope for the Great Dane? I'll be I'll be a little bit fun and say Bob will Bob will will take him as a super sub for the experience, um, the playoff experience. Uh, maybe you know you're down a goal with 15 minutes left. Um, you know it's like hey you you know let whatever happened with us personally this year uh, go out there and make it right and, and knock one in. Um, so I'll be a contrarian on this one and say we'll, we'll go with Dane. Interesting side note on that conversation. Uh, Kizza's being released by New England at the end of this contract year, so he will be a free agent. Uh, might be interesting and something to keep your eyes on if that's a guy that Bob might have interest in signing um, as a Hounds player for next year. Uh, now that the possibility exists. So something to certainly keep your eyes on. question is there an extra sub if god forbid this game goes into yes uh shit I, I, my mic just went out there as soon as i tried to say a word there i don't know why i couldn't say it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so i guess probably a good time to review all that so there is the five uh normal subs you have in your 90 minutes split in three substitution windows you have the up to two concussion substitutes that could be used if uh if such an incident occurs and then you will have an extra substitution if we play beyond the 90 minutes so uh you could in theory have eight substitutions well not even right because you only have seven subs on the bench (laughs) (laughs) and one of them is probably the goalkeeper yeah when you're gonna be your goalkeeper so yeah, you could sub out over half your uh, half your starting lineup if it goes beyond ninety minutes. Crazy times. Without asking for score predictions, because um, it's not what we're here to do. Let's do it this way: on a scale of one to ten, one being very comfortable in accepting that the Hounds will cruise the victory. And 10 is um, pooping your pants uncontrollably in public. How calm slash nervous do you think you'll be at Sunday, 5.50 p.m., Seth? I agree. 6 p.m. by the way, 6 p.m. Yeah. Watch your time zones. Yeah, 6 p.m. kick, not 5, for any of the confusion out there. Seth, what'd you say? You send have such a way with words. Mm. I send my fa- send my family away, leave me alone. No. Nice. No, nobody wants nobody wants to be around that. I'll be insufferable. Beautiful. More than normal. More than normal. Logan, where where's your uh Where's your heart going to be? Uh, I think, thankfully, uh, after uh, Louisville in 2019, um, you know, I've seen, you know, absolute heartbreak. Uh, well, Bethlehem 2018 and then combine that with Louisville 2019. So uh, I think the, like, the, the jitters are out of the way because the jitters are because it's like, oh, what's the worst case scenario that could happen? And we had two straight years of absolutely just heart shattering, you know, 
exits from the playoffs in 18 and 19. So I think uh, really, I mean, I guess all four years, uh, last four years. So uh, I, I, I won't be nervous. I think excited um, more than nervous. Um, you know, like I said, just, you know, only focus on the good. I'll, I'll take the Seth Thompson uh, good vibes only train. Yak, what's your, what's your expectation for yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be very comfortable accepting my fate both in the long lead-up to the game and immediately afterwards. Um, but f- quick story, I was my, my car was having trouble early, uh, right before the Open Cup game against Cincinnati as I was trying to get to my beer bar, and I was absolutely shitting my pants, freaking out that I was missing kickoff. I ended up missing about 8 to 10 minutes. I will probably be the same way. I will be just a nutcase once I take my seat at the bar at bulldog on sunday and i'll be accepting of whatever happens by game's end but at 6 p.m i will be at like a nine same maybe maybe an eight but yeah i'm gonna be i won't be able to sit down i'll be pacing around the bar for sure faux show uh, even though we're not going to pick the um the Hounds game because that's that's not what we do here. We are more than happy to pick the other contest uh, this weekend for the USL playoffs. We'll make this uh, we'll make this somewhat brief. Uh, just get to it. We'll go around here and we will rattle these things off uh, in order, and we'll start with the first kickoff of the day. Uh, the Miami six seed going up to Tampa Bay, the three seed. Uh, 7.30 kickoff on Saturday. Seth, who do you like? Tampa. Logan. Give me the dogs. Take Miami. Ooh. Ooh. Brave. Yak. Uh, Miami went into Tampa and beat them once. I think they finished this regular season well. I'm going to go with Miami here. Wow. I mean, Tampa Bay losing would really open up this uh, this East pretty damn well. Maybe the most intriguing first-round matchup. Detroit going to Memphis. They're going to face their old coach, Ben Pierman. Uh, Memphis just announced they're going to uh, hopefully construct a 10,000-seat uh, stadium uh, before the 2025 season. There was apparently some rift between Pierman and the Memphis uh, management about a contract extension that's getting played out a little bit on Twitter via the the fan base. Um, but yeah, they're going to be Detroit facing their old coach. They were just down there not too long ago. This is the the two v seven matchup. Yak, we'll start with you. Who do you like? Uh, I think. Memphis is going to be a lot like the Hounds place in 2018, 2019. They are, it's going to be just an absolute nut house there. I think I'm going to take Memphis here. Seth. Logan. Old pick Seth. Uh, I, I love, I love Memphis. Uh, and I think if we go back and, Listen to the, one of our first episodes. I said uh, Memphis is going to be very dangerous this year. Uh, I like them a lot, and as much as it pains me to pick Detroit, I don't think I hate Detroit as a team all that much. I hate them a little bit. It's obviously the fans more, but 
this is they have they do have some tenacity too, and I, I think they could win anywhere. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick both upsets, and maybe we'll hit one of them. So give, give me Detroit City. Is everyone just taking upsets? That, so the Pounds went up with a home playoff game the next round. Is that the is that the long con here? I click awesome, Memphis, but, uh, but I do have my fingers crossed. I don't think there's any game where I look at it and go, yeah, they're gonna. You know, I think both those games. I, I think, like Yak said, Miami's beat Tampa once in Tampa, and Detroit. I think can beat really anybody um, at any given time. I, I also think Detroit can lose uh, basically everybody. East they're, and West a bit of a, to me, every these playoffs are the most open they've been in a long time. Like, there's not been one really runaway team. And especially on the East, teams have, all the teams have, have not gone into the playoffs with great form. There's scuffing here and there. I mean, I think Tampa's coming in the strong or the hottest of all the teams in the East. Uh, they're also liable to, to have an off night in the West. I, I mean, you saw how, how tight it was um, getting teams in the playoffs. San Antonio knew they were in for a while, but... They've also put up a clunk of a performance or two. So I think this is a, a wide open field this year for to take home some hardware and get a star. Uh, the Western Conference games. Colorado hosting Rio Grande Valley. Shit. Let's go with uh, Seth. Who do you like in this one? Damn it, Seth's microphone. I'm thinking. Oh. Pondering deep thoughts. While you're thinking, Yak, what do you like? Snap decisions here, damn it. This one's a tough one, but I'll go with RGV here. The Toros. Logan. Is Haji Barry in Egypt yet? He is. He's, he's off, yes, he is he's off gone. the roster. Oh. Well, seeing that you lost probably the best player in the league, uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with RGV. <clears throat> Seth, um, I, I'll go. I'll go Monterey because they've they've pulled some upsets this year and just to go against these guys. You're going with who? I hate to inform you this, but Monterey finished twelfth. The wrong week. I'm such a a hole. This is a beautiful run we got. This is <laughs> this is the hound. We're going super houndsy here, boys. Sacramento hosting New Mexico. Yak, give it to me. No. I'm, Zach, famously good at knockout games this year. We got to go with Sacramento. Seth, the teams are Sacramento and New Mexico. Pick one of those two. <laughs> I, I, uh, I flip my uh, calendar to the correct m- month now. And uh, yeah, Sacramento. Beautiful. <laughs> Logan. New Mexico. Nico Brett. Ooh, he's been quiet for, the, for a while. Hey, that's, that's what we like. We like. You, you can tell Nico Brett's not scored for a while because when you go on his um, his Snapchat or Instagram, there, there's, it, there's, it's like a motivational like like don't like don't don't doubt me. Well, there's uh, also it's, like, when, it's when he, like him like running like him running at like ten o'clock at night in his apartment complex. There's also when he when he does score, he reposts everyone that like congratulates him. So it's just like <laughs> it's it's the same clip of him scoring just with like different congratulations, and he posts like reposts thirty of them all in the timeline. It's absurd. And then, uh, last game we're going to pick here, the team we just saw, Oakland, traveling I was, uh, down to uh, St. Diego. Go say hi to Landon Donovan. Uh, San Diego 
as a sports town, probably not too concerned about the soccer team right now. Probably go a little under the radar given the current state of events out uh, in that city. Seth, we'll start with you. Who do you like? Oh, San Diego. Logan. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the the Padres because I, I flipped on the game yesterday for maybe three minutes and they had some sort of like supporters section in the outfield. They had like a dude banging a drum and they all would chant. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to ride the, the high vibes for the city of San Diego. Um, I think they won today. So the series is one one. So I'm going to go with, with San Diego loyal here. Yeah. Oakland got four points this year against San Diego, but I'm going to go for San Diego anyway. Sweet. I haven't checked the, uh, the baseball schedule. Um, could the Padres be playing Sunday night at, at 10 p.m.? What, what's Sunday's date? 23rd? Uh, 23rd. Yes, they could be, 100%. Ooh, that, that would suck for San Diego to get this home playoff game and no one giving a shit. Oh, uh, wait, wait, no, no, no. I mean, they could be playing Sunday, but it will be in Philadelphia. Interesting. That's so probably earlier than that. Yeah. So oh, if no it's in they, Philly. They could, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be four o'clock because the Yankees Astros game is already seven oh seven. So it, it would have to be four. Oh, o'clock. so everyone could be going to, to the uh, to the football match already shit faced after watching the baseball game. <laughs> Heck yeah! Nice. Uh, wrap up here with a little bit of USL news. Just announced today, Milwaukee proposing to have a team in place with their own stadium uh, in in advance of the 2025 season. Guys, uh, a USL team actually going to build the stadium and then start in the stadium, not start in a baseball field and then build the stadium sometime down the road, uh, as our teams have done. Thoughts on Milwaukee as a potential away day slash just their addition to the league? Seth, you... Uh, does Milwaukee do something for you? That'd be a reason to go to a city that I probably would have no other interest in going to personally because the Pirates suck so bad. I really don't care about going up and seeing them play in Miller Park or whatever that's called nowadays. So I'd say that, you know, maybe takes uh, the city of Milwaukee of uh, zero to like a two, maybe. On the interest level, that seems reasonable. Yeah, does that nine-hour drive do anything for you? Um, shout out to my uh, college best friend John, who recently moved to Milwaukee within the last month or two. So yeah, that definitely does something for me. No, oh, nice. Can John be like a informant for us? I could give him a try, but he might get his. Uh, might get his radars confused with the uh, the Bucks, the team he works for. Um, if we send him some stickers, could he could he sticker up? Be the first to sticker up uh, Milwaukee's shit. I'm sure an arrangement could be made. Nice, uh, Logan. What does uh, what does Milwaukee, and Wisconsin speak to you? Same thing that Seth said. I'll be excited to uh, hopefully get out there for, for an away trip. No other reason to, to be out that way. So It wouldn't be uh, as long would... of a drive if there wasn't these fucking bodies of water in the way. I know. We can just drive right through them. It's all right. How dare they? Just fucking water. Just keep hitting the gas. We'll be fine. <laughs> speaking, just... of, speaking of stickering things, can we get to Memphis and like sticker up like the raw materials that are being used for the stadium? Get that shit on the beams before the beams get put up. 
We can try. Pretty maniacal, I gotta say. I mean, I'm sure Jesse can make, make that happen. Jesse's good for that shit. How come I immediately thought, can we get Jesse to Memphis? I don't think I we, we even have really to. He'll just, he'll just to... end up and he'll just, you know, he just materializes there and he just has a back pocket full of stickers. And then t- 20 minutes later, he has no more stickers in his back pocket. Hey guys, there's a game on Sunday. Hey. Um, you should go to a watch party to watch it. We would suggest you go to Bulldog Pub in Morningside for a 6 p.m. kickoff. If that doesn't work for you, Mike's Beer Bar on the north side, North Shore, next to Pansy Park, however you want to describe it, also going to be playing the game. That's the uh, the Hounds official watch party spot. Sounds like they're going to have some like giveaways or some, you know, some stuff like that. Uh, either way, get to one of those two watch parties. Sounds like Seth, you're going to be stuck up up north, not going to get there, going to be uh, pooping your pants in the comfort of your own home. That's my MO. Nice. I like to, I like to poop my pants at home. Cool. <laughs> I will be at Bulldog. Yeah, you said you're going to get the Bulldog. Logan, yep. what's, your, uh, what's your plans for Sunday night? I should be there. I'll see you all there. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a rocking little house. I plan on getting okay. there early, having some food beforehand. Maybe load up the jukebox with stuff that will make me happy, and maybe annoy some other people. Throw some darts, and then uh, I won't need a seat during the game because I won't be able to sit down. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. It's gonna be a good, hopefully a good fucking time. We will have to see about that. But yeah, get to one of those two watch parties, make it work, and then hopefully when we get we reconvene in a week, we're talking about. Another another game for the Hounds in the year of our Lord 2022. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hey, guys, what did we learn tonight? Start with you, Yak. Oh, man, I forgot about this segment. I have Everyone no always does. Idea. Logan, did you learn anything tonight? No, I don't have a brain, so I can't learn anything. Well, shit. Seth, you going to make it over three? that today is October the 19th, which is after October the 15th, and I should probably look at a calendar and figure out that, and probably look at a table and realize that Monterey Bay sucks and they have zero chance of winning this weekend because they didn't even make playoffs. Yeah. You know what I learned today? I actually came up with something. Okay, go for it. You go ahead. Okay. Okay, no, okay. Uh, um, I'll say it now. I I learned that Izzy's birthday is the day after uh, Mark Forrest became a legend. Shout out Izzy. Shout yeah. out Mark Forrest. Her name is actually Forrest. So just don't tell people that. <laughs> I learned that uh, Memphis fans are surprisingly sensitive about rehemaging dumb quotes their front office said three years ago. Oh, yeah. They were really bitter about that, weren't they? No, none of them could refute the quote. They just are annoyed that. No, and they're like, we, "We dunked on you," and I was like, "No, you, yeah. you, you didn't. Was, you're an idiot." Like they thought they bodied you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's... just like sitting there. I'm like, uh, is, if if you think that's dunking on somebody, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah, I just wanted to pull out the quote. I was just trying to shit on them a little bit because they're having a good time and. I wanted to knock him down a peg, and 
you know, that's what we do around her from time to time. But yeah, they, for what should be like a happy day for him, they got a little too offended about that, about either Tim Howard lying to everyone yesterday about a stadium always being part of the, was it the goal? It was a goal or that the president lied three years ago when they said they were not looking to build another place. Like, okay. Ask those questions of your front office. Don't shit at me for, for bringing it out. But, oh well. Guys, anyone have anything else to add to the conversation before we uh, we get the hell out of here? No, sir. Stay hydrated during the week. What was that? Stay hydrated. Yes. Always stay hydrated. Don't uh, don't be an idiot. But with that said, we'll see all yins on Sunday. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed by and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Yak, Seth, and Logan, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.